Hello and welcome to episode 5 of Why Comics, the comic-y themed podcast from the nerds who haunted themselves. I'm Stuart Moraine and this week I put the question to Vince Hunt, he of the Red Mask from Mars and the Awesome Comics podcast fame, uh, completing my trilogy of ACP hosts. Um, yeah, we talked for about an hour and a half, a couple of hours or so, uh, about comics and whatnot, as you'd expect. And yeah, I uh, hope you enjoy the show and I shall pass you back over to Pasture and Pass Vince. <laughs> Good, thank you. Yourself? Yes, I'm putting on my best phone voice for you. How's this? Sexy. Exactly <laughs> what I dialed up for. <laughs> it's too sexy already. Bloody hell. Who knows <laughs> what it's going to be like for the next hour or 90 minutes or however long this is going to take? But, well, about 90 seconds for me. But Yeah, yeah. But thank you for inviting me on. <laughs> no, thank you for coming on. And, uh... Yeah, I've been, I've been really, as I said before we started recording, I've been really enjoying listening to these shows. Well, you sent out your two tester monkeys first to make sure it was... Yeah, yeah, of course. You know, just, you know, they may have been infected with the rage virus, but, you know, eventually it was contained. Well, Tony got to hospital in time, so... Yeah, yeah that's true. <laughs> but yes, so how's things anyway? Things are well. Things are, um, are busy. Busy. Good. Um, this is good. It feels like... I don't know where this year has gone. I... I I'm, I'm sort of blinking and months are flying by yeah which which is nice if you like christmas but <laughs> when when um you schedule certain projects or events or you're working with different people on different things and like deadlines and convention appearances and stuff are approaching you're thinking where's i thought i had more time i mean you never especially when it comes to comics and you never have enough time for anything um so, I mean, unless you're working it full time, but even those guys don't have time for it. So, no, I think deadlines just sort of really seem to shorten. Yeah, yeah. The span they're, of time you think you've got. Yeah, they're hugely important, um, and you have to stick to them. But and they will approach far before you think they will. So you know, <laughs> sometimes you know, it's, it, you know, it's comics, isn't it? You know, it we is. we can't grumble. We can't. Grumble. We can't. There's yeah. that's it. There's there's worse things. So. Yeah. Yeah. So, speaking of comics, I've brought yes. you here today to ask you a question. Oh, yes, the mighty question. The mighty question. <laughs> Why comics? Why comics? Well, I mean, dare I go highbrow? No, no. Why would I do that? You'd, that, would just, that would completely throw you if I went and did that, wouldn't it? It would. Um, I wouldn't know what to do. I'd have to rip up all my notes. <laughs> now, in all, in all seriousness, though, um, I think comics as a whole um are probably the last bastion for like truly sort of unrepressed storytelling um i, I did i mean I've, I've been a i say a lifelong fan um me like many people that i hear about you know you, ha- you had the years where you're at college or whatever and you you didn't necessarily read so many comics um that's because they were girls and girls and that, comics didn't mix that and i didn't have a decent comic book shop near me uh, well, that'll do it too <laughs> yeah yeah um but we'll probably get into that in a bit anyway but no i mean comics as a, it's just as the medium itself 
and uh, I've certainly grown to love it even more over the past like few years. What with sort of finally sort of make starting to make them, and obviously then doing like, the awesome pod and stuff, and just the, the seeing the the world of like creativity and and being introduced to so many different things has made me love it even more, and and made me realise, you know, for for something that you don't have to worry about. You know, but budgets. I mean, yes, that yes, that you know, there are budgets for printing and on all of the all of the boring numbers stuff. Yeah. But when it comes to storytelling, um, you can do whatever you want. You can, you know, you can take the seatbelt off and just go for it. Um, if you want to do something that's just completely out there and no one will understand except you, you can. If you want to do something that's very heartfelt and very personal, you can. It's and but if you just want to make a superhero book that absolutely kicks ass. And, and you know it's very simple um you can you know do whatever makes you happy and just i just love it i just love it and i'm and i'm reading so many more fantastic books like every week and every day um i i know sometimes the online sorry i'm already rambling i can't no, you, you only asked one question uh, <laughs> god help us so i'm taking um, the rest off as we go yeah <laughs> and you know because you, you see with like especially comics journalism i don't follow i don't know about you or anyone else out there i know there's lots of news sites for for everything in there movies comics yeah. video games etc um i used to follow um those sort of sites a lot more than i do now do you know what i mean i just sort of stay away from it and um and certainly like comics news and stuff and with social media there's so you know so many clickbait or people quite easy to jump to negative sort of opinions about things or, or you see someone has announced something and as soon as you see the announcement you just think oh it immediately gets you back up That's you know because we all have that nerd gene don't we i mean i've <laughs> i've had it fairly recently with some some announcements of books that are, to be honest are probably going to be really good um but as soon as i i saw it i immediately was whatsapping tony and dan going well, well this is what i think about this <laughs> that's, that's kind of part of the thing though isn't it it is part of the it's thing like and we, I, I, I we think, fear change to a certain yeah degree. <laughs> we, we we do and i think it's, it's healthy to you know to to have that sort of passion to a certain extent um but it, there's knowing i can quite easily go well that's not my version of the justice league i mean th- it wasn't the justice league because i haven't read the justice yeah. league comic but you know i could quite easily say well that's not my version blah 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 but that doesn't matter because it might be someone else's version. It's and some people don't know that, you know, when writers or or creative teams they do a storyline, they don't. I, I it boggles my mind when you hear like people getting death threats or they're just getting all this social media waffling. It's like, oh, come on. That's it. So, I, sorry. <laughs> no, no, go for it. Go for it. I was just gonna say, sort of the turning point for me because I was always very much like that was when I thought started to i joined a group on facebook that was older comic fans and they talked about how much they hated the post-crisis change with the burn mm. superman and all that yeah and how that shit on their superman their superman was great that wasn't their superman kind of thing i was like but that yeah. was my superman and i don't think the new 52 superman for example was my it, superman exactly and i mean that's kind of like, fuck it's just but i've still got my superman i've not completed the arcs in it so he's still there he's not gone anywhere and also i was uh you know, if I had to put a decade where, when I was, you know, the the comics fan, if you know what I mean, the formative years, um, it would. It, I'm a '90s kid. Yeah. Um, 
yes i was re- i was reading comics in the 80s you know all the all these things that i'm starting to rediscover especially some of the older sort of like you know the the weeklies and the eagles and the battles and things like that you know i'm finding new love for them yeah your pod's ace for bringing those up stuff yeah. i always forgot about like starblazer i'd forgotten how oh much yeah, I love yeah, starblazer yeah i just and... love all that you know and just seeing the art and i but with having the experience of comics now you look back and you realize what they were actually doing or like you know the quality of the penmanship yeah it just just another level that you just didn't but at the same time when i was a kid reading them weekly just absolutely loved it um but the 90s was when and certainly how many people is x-men like the big the big deal you know because for me the 90s were the x-men yeah um and i don't know eventually it moved on you know once image started you know people always think about oh the 90s is is this dark period for comics but it's shoulder nice. pictures yeah it's it's easy enough to point to those things isn't it whereas you can also sort of say yeah but what about this run of comics what about you know yeah it's it was that speculator boom wasn't it it's yeah re-kills and there, there, everything there are storylines that people look back on now and just go oh well that's that wasn't very good or you know uh the phalanx covenant or things like that um and people going oh well that wasn't very good but when i was reading it at the time I thought this was amazing. You know, I was I was in deep and just thinking, oh my god, how are they going to get out of this one? You know, it was, it was that kind of stuff. Have you ever had that with with books where you've yeah where yeah, you've been in deep and you think this is amazing and you you hear people talking about them now going, well, that period of I guess for you it'd be Superman, wouldn't it? You know that, it, that yeah, it's a big one and sort of Batman Nightfall, which is largely to look back on a bit more fondly than Death of Superman is, but people always focus on the Death of Superman rather than the arcs that came after yeah so they always yeah. dismiss it as oh, it's just six issues of punching <laughs> there's nothing wrong with that no and it's but great and it's it, it has its place <laughs> it was years until I, my eye actually adjusted to the fact that the panels dropped as it got in more in, through each six issues so you started with six panels per page then five panels four three two and one in the final thing and my brain had just never registered it no I and love it, that sort of storytelling, though, where you know you can do subtle things, and it's only when you look back on it. That's it. It's uh, painfully because, obvious when you look back on it. But yeah, I was just so yeah. engrossed in those issues. And, and in the in the modern digital age, if you're reading it by guided view, you'd never get that. No, that's uh, it. As much as I love guided view, you'd never get that. But you but know. I I think the '90s were bold for comics yeah. with yeah. what they tried. They were very experimental with things. It didn't always work, and. Yeah, and and certainly you you had so many diet versions of certain characters. You had like, you know, I mean, if you look at, I mean, Liefeld's an easy one to go go to, but there seem to be badly photocopied versions of other characters. And yeah, and then you got to some of the independent because when it came to independent comics, I only rarely got them at the time, but a lot of them were very cookie cutter just oh here's a version of batman here's a, here's a version of this yeah know. i i know you, you also had the the sort of legendary ones like like bone and you had like cerebus and things like that but most of the time i couldn't get my hands on these on these books well no that's it i sort of didn't start discovering them until late 90s early 2000s kind of thing. yeah time yeah. that's when bone sort of got on my radar and strangers in paradise and all that sort of thing yeah but just comic shops seem to focus on the big two and the dark horse stuff that tied in with films yeah, and I, I I grew up sort of like in, in Dorset in like a small town, and we didn't we didn't have a comic book shop. Um, I think the nearest one was in Salisbury, um, and that was a small shop that I only discovered around that sort of X Men boom and just just afterwards, and it was just whatever the news agent had. 
Yeah. I mean, so so you would never. I mean, a complete run. Are you insane? <laughs> you know, I I remember I. Uh, I mean, the joy of that that I have now is is now I've started going to comic marts occasionally. They're, they're an extra joy because I try to look for those issues that I remember getting at that time. Yeah. Like um, there was an uncanny X Men. I want to say two eighty seven off the top of my head. I'm terrible with numbers, so I probably yeah. got it wrong. Um, but and it was. It was a Jim Lee issue, and it was when uh, Rogue came back from the dead, and she fought like the the zombie corpse of Miss Marvel at the time. And it was in the Savage Land, and like there was a Savage Land arc with Magneto and stuff. Um, and I had this one issue that I just read and reread, and it was absolutely fantastic. I didn't get the one afterwards. I never, <laughs> <laughs> you, you know, you, you had that one issue that would just be read until it was, until it was falling apart. And then you never know what the, the story was afterwards. Um, whereas now, I, I when you go to a comic mart, I got the joy of I actually found that issue and I got the issue afterwards. Um, you know, and it, it was just a, I mean, for a lot of people, it's just sort of, oh, I, that's that story. You know, that's not such a big deal. But for me, and comics are, are such a personal thing to people, aren't they? Yeah. For me, it was like, oh, God, I remember. There are They are a memory. They're like, it's like songs, you know. When, when sometimes you listen to stuff that you listen to it now and you think well, this is a bit shit, but you still love it because of of what you you know the feelings and the emotions that it invokes when you when you first heard it. So the Timmy Mallet album. Oh, I absolutely love it. <laughs> um, I was about to say I could do, but that's someone else. <laughs> <laughs> no, I know what you mean. It's like whenever I crack open a 90s comic, I'm instantly back on my bedroom floor, just sat there reading it. Or yeah. one of those Marvel UKs that I used to get. Because that was the oh, thing. I... You got whatever your dad bought you from the newsagents when you happened to be there. Yeah. Or if he was feeling generous and brought you one home occasionally. Yeah. And it was those, uh, you know, people underestimate how good those Marvel UK, they were essentially reprints. That's all mm. they were doing. They were just reprinting the American issues in like a larger format. But... When the Punisher um, weekly a- appeared on newsstands, um, and I think it, it obviously it didn't start from the original Punisher. I think it was um, is it Circle of Blood or something like that. I can't remember now. Uh, it's one of Dan Butcher's favorite stories, but um, it started with like Punisher in prison and stuff. That was that was issue one, but that was that was weekly, and that was such a major deal for like me and my friends at the time. We were like, oh my, because we we didn't know too much about the Punisher. You know, they, this this just sort of came out of nowhere and it was like, oh my God, a vigilante. He just runs around firing guns <laughs> and, and killing bad guys. And, you know, and the stories were dark as well. You know, yeah, you had some great Jim Lee runs. There was Wills Portacio did it for a long time as well. Um, yeah, and just seeing all these reprints. And then, of course, at the same time, in the back of those reprints, you had the Nam, which has had a, I've had a second love for rediscovering that recently cool. um, on digital and you know as well as like the punisher there was you had the the action force you know the the zoids you had the transformers comics because they were really dark as well considering oh. they were based on kids cartoons yeah the, the like characters some, that you love in them being killed often and... yeah the gi joe ones sometimes had some of the most memorable and seemingly quite you know they were pretty serious sort of events and storylines. Yeah. You know, they didn't mess about. And that's, that's what I loved about it. And I think, although I don't, I don't know about you. I can't necessarily read a franchise comic anymore. I know. Does that sound weird? No, I know what you mean. Um, um 
I, I mean, I want to. I know some people are obviously still reading a lot of these comics, but like the G.I. Joes and the Transformers and stuff. And I want to, and I understand that there's some great stuff happening in these books. But I'm I'm less of a franchise sort of like the like the Ghostbusters. I know they keep doing loads of different things with the Ghostbusters, and I was I was an enormous fan of the real Ghostbusters yeah. when I was a kid. And when that weekly comic came out, yeah, you had the free gift with it and you know, you had the comics and stuff. I remember um <laughs> God, this is like this is your life. This bloody show. <laughs> um, I got several um, copies of the first. You know, I would buy more than one copy because I was obsessed with the Ghostbusters. And I had like the toys and stuff, and I used to watch the cartoon just like religiously. And uh, I remember I bought several copies because I I cut up one of the one of the copies. I know that sounds sacrilegious, but these were UK Weekly. No, that, that's, you know. that's what I used to do as well. Or yeah, I trace I, over them so much that the pages would start falling apart. Yeah, God bless my parents. You know, for having the patience of saints, because I almost turned, I turned part of the house all, almost into a Ghostbusters museum. And by I say museum in a very loosest term, it was basically I put my toys in certain windows and I put up like you used to get the brilliant sort of fact files, wouldn't you? Yeah. Where you had a page and then you'd have the image that you would just redraw and redraw. I don't know how many times I drew the Peter Venkman with holding like the uh, the sort of photon pack you know the blaster over yeah. his shoulder that classic sort of and, and i but i would sellotape all, the, all these sort of fact files up so as you walked up the stairs there was all these fact files and of course when you took them off it would rip the wallpaper <laughs> <laughs> but you know for a good two weeks i had uh probably the best ghostbusters museum in the whole of the southwest <laughs> just some little old man sat on a stool curating it for you <laughs> <laughs> that would have just been weird <laughs> So who's that? I don't know. Yeah, yeah. So, uh, you know, obviously comics became deep-rooted, um, but then you didn't see them, well, certainly I, I didn't see them so much in in the shops, and then, like I say, there wasn't a comic book shop nearby. I think I think if I had had a, a properly, you know, like, a, like an Orbital or some, you know, one of these sort of stores near me, or my a decent one on my back and call, um, I may have kept in touch with it a bit more, but I, you know, I fell out of it during college and then, but always wanted to come back to it. And then when I did it, sort of, it was just an avalanche then. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Well, yeah. Cause I mean, like you, as you mentioned, you do like a weekly comics podcast now. Yeah. I mean, you've got to have a pretty yeah. strong level of comics to want to, to sit down and talk every comics yeah, or yeah, yeah. <laughs> interview somebody about comics. Yeah. And so so well, what was the, genesis of that and you know the need or not the need but you know wanting to see all this small press stuff out there and wanting to talk about it on a weekly basis the need for it i mean especially like doing any kind of podcast there's there's one someone sneezes and they've got a podcast these days um that was my next idea i'm crossing that off (laughs) there's a market for it no one's doing it at the moment dude trust (laughs) me let's go halves um we'll get our casper mattresses yeah, and so, certainly, <laughs> just the quote code at you. <laughs> Check out. No, um, I think. Well, I mean, certainly when we started the podcast, it wasn't podcasts weren't a new thing. These have been going on for ages because I've been listening to them for a long time. Yeah, and I'd started with like Comic Geek Speak and like moved on to, you know, um, Word Balloon and Geek Syndicate and Small Press Big Mouth was a. Quite an inspirational one for me actually at the time because that was a that was a little show um, that 
was was put it, you know it came, there was a few episodes of it i'm not sure how many they did now but that was like an indie sort of show and they talk about like you know these books that i hadn't heard of before what was happening on the indie scene and as well as just having a laugh yeah um and then i because I, I wanted to create comics at the same time i i wanted oh where's that where's that show for me Cause, i mean i was still listening to people talking about look this is what's happening in in you know c2e2 and like this is we're talking to this creator who's writing batman or we're you know things like things like word balloon and stuff it's like this is fantastic as soon as you get start listening to podcasts i don't think you go back no i really don't think you go back um and they are the new radio they're that's that's what they are i mean i I listen to loads of all kinds of different different forms but the comic ones were how i got started in podcasts anyway like i say there was always this you know, just seeing this enthusiasm for comics and talking to creators that I would have loved to have heard, heard this, you know, when I was reading Wizard Magazine and things like that, to have, you know, there was an, un, all of a sudden there were creators They always wondered what what they were thinking or what they sounded like. And then you've got it at your back and call, you know, li- listening to these sort of shows. But there was still that sort of, okay, um, I'm an indie creator in the UK well, I'm a wannabe indie creator. I want to make comics. This was before the Red Mask from Mars even existed. This is when it was just sort of like, okay, I want to make something. This, that time when I was doing a million ideas in my head and none of them were good enough because I, you know, I want I wanted to create the the next big thing rather than let's just do something. Yeah. You know? Um. But I was still like, oh, I want to learn more about. It. How do I get? Because I didn't have any connections. I didn't know anyone. There wasn't any network for, for me because I. You know, I was just doing a nine to five and like coming home and just doing some drawing and like, you know, writing to myself. And, you know, I'd, I'd show friends what I was doing, but they didn't ne- necessarily have a, you know, they, they didn't know the community. There, were, there wasn't the comic convention scene that there is now. Well, that's it. I mean, I found the community through meeting John Locke when he tabled at a film, a short film festival I did. And he was just talking to me and back, like, you know, you know, there is this giant small press community out there I, was like, I had no fucking idea <laughs> yeah yeah and john was certainly he was one of the um first ones i met because obviously i knew um bristol was was essentially my local show uh, yeah that was the, that was the closest i had to be and you know now i live in bath I'm, I'm closer to the bristol area but it used to be the one that you know i'd have to travel for quite some time to to get there and i you know didn't know the area so it was a bigger thing um so it was always I want to, you know, if I ever I do a, a comic book, I'd love to just have a table one day. I'd love to just table at Bristol. I didn't know about anything else. I was just like, oh, you know, then, I, then I'd feel like, you know, it'd be exciting. And then um, I I decided, when I, when I decided to make the Red Mask, up until this point, I'd only done, I I kind of known some sort of independent creators and, um, back in the MySpace days. Oh, MySpace. <laughs> wow. Before it like imploded like a dying star. Uh, Entire generation of listeners. Yeah. What? <laughs> but they, yeah, yeah, I know. Uh, just go on Wikipedia, you'll find out all about it. Um, but that was how I started, because I, I just had a MySpace account, and then I was, I wanted to make comics, but I didn't know, you know, I wasn't confident in my drawing abilities, and then I just wanted to just do something. So I created these little characters and did a little strip called Stalkerville. And this was all vector based. It was all very um, dark humor. Uh, you know, some would say not safe for work, and I would agree with them. <laughs> um, 
you know, and these were just four panel joke strips. Um, yeah. And I, I, I created a little MySpace page. And I mean, web comics are a completely different ball game now. Yeah. Um, so much so, I'd love to do one, but I'm terrified of doing one at the same time. But I was just, I had a MySpace page, which was essentially, you had the blog type bit, didn't you? Um, you could just post up whatever. So from Monday to Friday, I would post up a strip. And then, um, and it, every week, it was almost like a little character arc. It was almost like a little story. I say, I say a story arc. There, there was no story. It was just really awful jokes. Uh, <laughs> and real, real dark stuff. Man. <laughs> um and so I, I was doing this for a long time and then it got a little bit of a following, you know, when you, when you do anything and then just a little bit, Oh, I love this character. Or, you know, this is really funny. I never had that before. And it just inspired me to do more. And then slowly, but surely that sort of came to, that came to a bit of an end. And then MySpace went the way of, uh, well, probably what everything will in <laughs> the end. Friends reunited. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Uh, friends. What are friends? Um, <laughs> and then that was when i started thinking you know i i got a full-time job but i still want it i thought i want to try my hand at like doing an actual comic if i can make one comic like a printed book then that's something on the bucket list that sounds like such a in this day and age where people are just churning out comics and they're getting printed books printing's never been easier you know um it's, it seems like people are just putting together they think of a book and then the next week it's out and all of a sudden i'm like gee how, how the hell have you done this <laughs> Um, but for me, it was such a foreign concept and it seemed like such a dream to have a, a, like my own comic in my hands. Um, but first I, I wanted to actually, uh, sorry, I'm waffling on. I don't no, 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 no. Um, yes, but first I wanted to actually see if I could actually do like a comic. So, and I came up with a red mask from Mars and like so many ideas. I don't know if you have this, um, I get lots of ideas and sometimes the idea becomes ruined as soon as I tell someone else that the shine is gone, is gone from it because I'll think in my head, this is the greatest thing ever. Oh, Alan Moore would be jealous. <laughs> and then you, you tell someone and because they don't react in the same way that you're, you're thinking, you suddenly think, yeah, you're right. That idea is shit. And then you, <laughs> I think you need that sometimes just, you do. And you do need that. That, that is, and, to, to be honest i do a lot more of that myself now um but with the with the red mask i thought i'm just just to see if it works because if i keep doing if i keep doing this i'll never get anything done and i think that's a big tip for a lot of people yeah. you just sometimes just go for it um I, I didn't tell anyone about the character i didn't tell anyone about what it was about i just created a little one shot origin issue of this crazy little character of an astronaut who gets an alien strapped to his face and becomes essentially a hero not a superhero but you know he's like a powered hero yeah i did this one shot and then went to people i knew and just said have a look at this and then but the reaction was completely different then they were like oh my god you 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 know this is this is brilliant we want to see more of this and that inspired me to do something something that oh why did I decide to do a five issue arc? Um, but I thought this is you were young and it I know, easy. I was young, dumb, and stupid. Um, uh, no, it was like back in the day, it was always the four issue miniseries, wasn't it? It was such a yeah. big deal. The five issue, the six issue, it was such a major thing. 
and I thought, oh yeah, a limited series, that'd be great. I'll, I'll do that. You got the trade in mind then as well, haven't you? Yeah, you got yeah, all you're together thinking, and you're thinking of the trade. And uh, so I started to run before I could walk, walk, as it were, with the red mask, and I just went for it. Um, and I, I created like this this first issue. I've got got the whole story sort of plotted out, um, especially now, a few years later. But, uh, <laughs> um, but I was I was running on things that i i thought would work you know that and your first comic is always a massive learning curve anyway um and i do yeah i do have a background in like graphic design and you know and illustration and stuff as well but it was still there was lots of things i i learned through that first issue i say everything works perfectly in theory doesn't it yeah until you do it in practice that you don't start actually and there's nothing nothing will ever replicate the feeling of seeing that the printed proof just a proof yeah the first comic that you ever make um that no one can even if your reviews are shit even if no one buys any of your printed copies that you did 500 issues for god knows why or what reason you know the feeling that you had when you saw the first printed proof of your of your own comic book that will live with you forever, and I still get a I still get a buzz from any proof or any any time a box of stock arrives, um, even though it's bloody heavy. <laughs> <laughs> but you know, there's always a massive kick I get from that. But yeah, so so I I went through that that, and then I managed to get a table at, at Bristol. I don't know how I managed to do these things now. You know, putting it all together and I finding out a banner, spending too much on getting a banner printed. Uh, thinking about different things to have on the table, um, and uh, like my colorist with the red mask, Sean Doby, he was he came with me on the, on the day for the first launch day because Bristol was a two day event that yeah. weekend when it started. And and then I did the convention. I turned up and I was nervous, and that was the day that that I would say that that was the day that changed everything, that absolutely changed everything, because I was then I jumped in like feet first into a community that i still haven't come up for air yeah um i, I was uh i was tabling next to ian matthews danny abram uh with razor hawk and stuff um so they've they've they're con besties ever since they don't do many conventions these days and i met like john Locke, nick angel this is way before big punch and lots of other lots of other creators like the hellbound media guys you know and uh Sam Webster and things like that. you know they all of a sudden I was meeting people just and I think because I was a fresh face as well and I was doing something that you know thankfully I'm lucky you know I'm very honored that um people got a kick out of it and liked it and I just there was this buzz about like yeah. meeting people for the first time as well and I remember um my girlfriend Joe she she turned up on one of the days and, and came in and she she turned up at the best time the absolute best time because she didn't, she hadn't been to many conventions and we, and she turned up at my table just at the time where it was busy. Trust me, this never happens to me. It, it, the, <laughs> the table, the table was busy. People were buying comics. And then when people were asking me to sign things and I was drawing a picture for someone, she was like, my God, you're like a rock star. <laughs> so I've got that moment, that one crystallized moment in time where <laughs> yes, I was cool for those 30 seconds. <laughs> yeah. But as soon as I, I you know, there, there was that event and then, you know, obviously I did Melksham and stuff and 
I was still trying to find out about things and how to, how to do things better. But there was getting back onto the subject that I've gone wildly off tangent on. Um, there was I wanted sort of a and sort of a vein of information or inspiration, and it's and also I had just discovered this huge wealth of amazing talent that I did not know existed. Yeah. Um, as you know yourself, you know since yeah. once you step into the indie community, it's quite a wake-up call, isn't it? That's it. There's no real escape from it, and you don't particularly <laughs> mind. No, it's like instant no. Stockholm syndrome. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, that's such a good way to put it. Um, yeah, because and, and there's so many different styles of story and 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 comic and and just book in general. People have so many different ways to display things, and this has changed even more over the past five years. But then I. So I was working on, uh, I think I, I did issue two of the Red Mask, and I did a, I did a um, show in London, um, at the British Library. That was where I met um, Tony Esmond for the first time, and I only knew him, sort of. That was the first time I ever met him face to face. I only knew him roughly because I had a comic book. He he gave me a nice review online, and uh, yeah, we met and and just got on. And that's all you think it is most of the time. Yeah. You know, it's it just that on because Twitter was, you know, as much as it's a tire fire for a lot of things. Yeah. Um, let's let's be honest, the, the comic book in comic book industry will be a completely different place without it. Yeah, completely. You know, there's I've done so much networking or getting to know artists and creatives, and certainly for the show itself, it's it's invaluable. Um. But yeah, so I got to know Tony through social media, and then um, there was obviously Dan Butcher. You know, I discovered because I just liked his work. I just found it on, on, I think, on Twitter or something like that, and just really liked his work. Discovered Vanguard, um, and all of a sudden I was reading web comics again, <laughs> and <laughs> we were talking about shows, and it just came about a part of a Twitter conversation. Oh, I'd love, so oh, I'd I'd love to see a you know hear a podcast talking to indie creators about how to make comics and stuff and dan was like oh yeah yeah that that'd be great oh we should do we should do something like that or one of us said it and tony jumped in and goes oh i'll i'll be up for that and it was just a couple of tweets it that's that's all it was in the ether just a couple of tweets and uh but the seed was planted in my mind how would i do this So I didn't, I didn't, I didn't so much. It, it wasn't from that moment that we all went away and we planned and we did everything and then we crafted this thing. I had to figure out how to do it. <laughs> and, yeah, that's it. Cause even doing podcasts wasn't as straightforward yeah. as it is now. Yeah, I mean, you know, the avenues for hosting and you know the ways of recording and and certainly I was very fortunate in. Uh, I listened to well, the Eleven O'clock Comics podcast, and uh, yeah, I, I followed the um, one of the guys, uh, Vince another Vince uh, on there. And because I like the show, I just gave him a, a Facebook message sort of saying, Oh, you know, I, you know, I love the show. We're thinking about doing a small show in the UK. You know, how do you record? Have you got any tips? And he came back and he gave me, you know, lots of tips and, you know, told me, Oh, we use this or we use this program. Um, also did a similar thing like Barry Nugent from geek syndicate who I had met at a Birmingham convention. So I was, I was asking and getting lots of information, even because if I was going to approach like Dan and Tony with sort of like, let's try this. I wanted, I wanted to know what I was doing at least in, at least in the loosest possible way. 
<laughs> so, it, um, you, you don't want it all to unravel and throw it straight through, and they're like, yeah. cool, how do we do it? And you're like, oh, shit, I don't know. Yeah. And certainly, like, for instance, even with Podbean, um, I, I signed up for a Podbean account. I didn't, I didn't activate the paid account because um, obviously the, it, with, a, with a paid account, you, infinite hosting, et cetera, blah, 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 yeah. blah, blah. But the free account, you only get so many uh, options, don't you? you yeah. yeah. And, but I wanted to get used to the Podbean layout and the way of doing things. So I signed up for that and even did my research there and got my program for recording. Um, thankfully, I, I did a couple of tests with my Mac because uh, I just used a laptop. And thankfully, the laptop microphone was okay. I installed Skype. I never used Skype in my life <laughs> until until the show. And then we when we just put something in the books and then one day we just we just went for it. We just tried it. Um you know, we we got together and plotted out a date and the first show it came out. I mean, some people say they're surprised that we didn't really know each other before the first show. Um, but it, it, it's literally the first time I've ever spoken to Dan Butcher in my life. <laughs> and now those two guys are like two of my closest friends. So, um, yeah, it's, it's, and, but it was all already immediate. Um, well, it, listening to it, you'd assume that you'd, if not all grown up together, at least gone through some yeah. major portion of life together kind of thing. Yeah, yeah. Oh God. Which, you know, I suppose the podcast now, phase but... of my life was a dark period. Uh, but at the same time, we all loved comics, um, and we there also there wasn't just because it was the three of us just wanting to make a podcast. Lots of people can do that, but uh, there Dan did web comics. I knew nothing about web comics. I, I you know, and, and his way of working. We've all got different ways of working. You know, Tony. I mean, obviously, he's a he's a fully fledged comic writer now and i know he had done stuff before but he, he was more in the sort of journalism um sort of realm yeah. um so we had that avenue um and i was just doing i was just a dude making some small printed comics who wanted to know more um and it could have been just three blokes um talking to each other for weeks um but we we we've tried to get guests and like you know and certainly it started off it's the people you know do you know what I mean? Yeah. It's, it's, it's not, yeah. So well, you sort of got to get it out there a little bit and have enough of body of work to then start yeah. approaching people, haven't you? And yeah, and the the whole show is it's it is an independent UK comic book podcast. I mean, it's a laugh. Yeah. Um, but hopefully, people will learn things about making comic. You know, we've had some fantastic information come about on the show, um, but also people discover books. And they they've never heard of before. Um, I mean, I've I've probably recommended. I, I mean, I had a I had a smaller bookshelf back then, but I've certainly recommended all the things that was on my shelves. You know, all the indie books. I was like, yeah. right, okay, you know. And then, but now we're at a stage where we're buying. More. I've still got a to read to read pile. The digital to read pile is still there. <laughs> you know, we get the PDFs we we're sent through and stuff. Um, and we're so we're so lucky to have had the experience that we've had on the show um i mean it, it was a life change it has it has been quite a life change but it's it's purely because of the independent community as well um and it's it's just been um it's been a strange old journey but it's been absolutely fantastic and i'm you know for someone very anti-social um yeah. <laughs> I've, I've become quite social it's a bit weird it's easier when you don't have to look at people yeah yeah tell me about it i prefer <laughs> not look at people 
So see me walk, if you see me walking down the street, I won't see you. <laughs> <laughs> the headphones are in for a reason. They are in for a reason, and apparently I look like a wasp. Um, I've got a very waspy look, I've been told. <laughs> Whatever enough. that means. Um, or I look like I'm about to mug someone. Well. Um, yeah. By the yeah, time so, they know which, it's too late. Yeah, exactly. I've already got their wallet. No, um, yeah, so, so we started this this little podcast and at the same time i still want to make comics i still you know it, it got it was there it was, it was no intention to sort of like get our work out out there more well, no, um, that's it and it's not something that you guys do you're not constantly kind of like i'm going to recommend my book this week you occasionally recommend each other's books kind of thing but yeah yeah i just it's, you know not built as a vehicle to promote yourselves yeah i'm i'm terrible i mean i i there's so many of my projects that i haven't promoted enough i, I totally haven't you know I, um and sometimes i feel like i miss the boat on some of them i just think oh god you know it's that fine juggling act isn't it of, yeah at what yeah. point does it stop being promotion and becomes harassment yeah yeah and also how do you know you, you could just be shouting into the void yeah, a lot of the time, um, which you can be. I mean, a lot of the people that follow you on social media, yes, they will hear it a lot of the time. You know about your latest Kickstarter or your latest event or whatever you're doing. But that doesn't necessarily mean that people will pledge that Kickstarter or turn up to that event. You always have to. It's a necessary evil. It is. Um, well, I say you can meet up with like a thousand people. It doesn't mean they're going to show up or. Yeah. Yeah. And and if if someone's promoting something at the time, or if they got a Kickstarter, just mute them for a little bit, or just yeah. mute just mute a certain word. You don't you don't necessarily have to think, God, oh, this person's doing my head in. You know, you just think, well, you know, I know this person, I love them, but they're doing a lot of PR at the moment. And if you don't want that on your feed, then just then just mute them. But um, and I say this as someone that hasn't even run a Kickstarter yet, and one day I'm going to annoy everyone. <laughs> <laughs> I, yeah, I'm. I'm not a fan of the Kickstarter. I mean, I I back Kickstarters, but when we ran ours, I did not enjoy it. <laughs> I'm I have a problem with. Well, I say I have a problem with Kickstarters. I keep wanting to stop backing them, um, and then all of a sudden one will turn up. I'm like, oh, well, I have to, don't I? Yeah, that's it. Some of them I back because I like the people rather than yeah. necessarily. Well, not to say that the work is bad, but it's more kind of. Like, I, de- I definitely will do a lot more digital PDFs these days because I look at the pr- price of a di- digital PDF, and I'll think, oh, well, that's fair enough. I would have paid that on a weekly like Comicsology yeah. sort of shop or, or something like that. Um, even though some people charge way too much for their Kickstarters. Yeah. That's, uh... Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Um, that's all. That's always an uh, off-air conversation. Sometimes that we have. <laughs> yeah, I mean it's it's difficult. I mean I I don't mind the one pound getting your name on the thank you page thing. It's the yeah. one pound and you'll get nothing for it. Yeah. Oh yeah. Or or it starts at like four or five dollars. Like yeah. For that, give give someone something rather than just cheers. I'll have your money. Well, like you're saying the PDF costs nothing really to make. So it, it, yeah, it costs absolutely nothing to make. And most of the time, you know, when they're emailed out, they're just it's it's a Google link emailed out in a Kickstarter email. That's what it is. So it's it's not like you have to talk to everyone individually about things. I must admit, I'm terrible at actually downloading the digital data. I always always bloody forget. (laughs) They'll either pop in in the middle of the day and just get lost in amongst everything else. Yeah, yeah. Unless I've actually specifically booked for the digital copy. Yeah. Because sometimes you get the physical and the digital. Yeah. It's yeah. just kind of like, oh, oh the, the joy of Kickstarter. The joy <laughs> of Kickstarter. 
Um, which is something that obviously we've, I mean, the show's been going for a couple of years now, but you know, we've, we've seen a lot of ups and downs. Um, yeah. A lot of, a lot of, you know, whether, whether it be phases in what people are making comics about or Kickstarters or, you know, just sometimes moods like we, we keep the positivity every week. Um, cause that's a very important thing for me that, that, Look, we just have to be positive. It's got to be fun. It's got to be positive. You've got to be discovering stuff there that's hopefully going to inspire people and, you know, they can enjoy. If, yeah. if you know, no one wants to, you know, they're, they're, what's the point of making, I don't know, a YouTube video or bloody podcast about something when you're just going to bitch about something? There's, there's, life's too short. Life's way too short to waste your time. Sort that's of. It. It's, it's entertaining for a bit, but. Yeah, yeah. And yeah. that's again, it's something you only ever recommend. You don't specifically review kind of thing, and you never. Yeah. Well, it's very rare you'll talk about a comic you didn't like. Yeah, I mean, so, like in the way that we talk about things, um, in some ways that sometimes they're structured like a review. Tony's definitely are more. You know, you can tell like he's got notes upon notes about some of it, some <laughs> of his books and stuff. And certainly, I've made notes about them because there's stuff that I definitely want to point out. But it is, it is one of those. Our show's more that one of those talking to your mates down a pub and oh you really need to read this this yeah. is good um i try to recommend lots of you know something new and fresh like a new series even even if um there's been a few series like out of darkness where i'll just i'll give a little nudge to look you need to be reading this because it's absolutely amazing you know issue four's out now blah blah, blah. but i want to try and introduce people to a new series so that makes sense so there's lot yeah there's always something new out there, isn't there? And um, yeah, and I'm I'm still discovering so much. Anyway, I love seeing a convention lineup, and there's names I don't recognise. I never thought that would be the case, but <laughs> yeah, well, I mean, your show was always great for your interviews from the convention floor because the amount of people I'd miss at Drew Believers. It's yeah, like I discovered Gateway City and Russell through you guys interviewing him, and I was like, shit, I wanted to stop by his table, but I didn't. So he went on my hit list for the next con I went to. Yeah. He was at. Yeah, I remember that one because um, we were just across the way from him and that was um, when we had that absolute gangbusters of a day where we were busy all day. And I just see him at the corner of his eye and that, that ba- it says says a lot about a banner, people, because I saw Russell's banner and I just thought, that I need to see. Yeah. Um, you know, And I couldn't see his table. I couldn't see what the books looked like. I walked over and walked away with several books and, you know, I, I had to talk to him and... And I love Russell. Russell's just he's just an awesome, awesome yeah. player, one of my faves. But um yeah, and we've had him on the show. Do you know what I mean? And then sometimes we, we talk to people on the convention floor and eventually you know, sometimes they they get onto a full show. Sometimes we can only talk to them on the convention floor. Um yeah. It's a funny old life being a comic book podcaster. <laughs> but but at the same time I'm I'm a comic book creator or maker. Or you know that's that's my first sort of port of call. You know what I mean? The podcasts they do take up a lot of time, as you know, because you you, yeah. you do a, you do a few yourself, and they you know there is a it is a lot of hard work. Um, it's sometimes if you've got decent enough kit, it's not as hard as people make out. No, yeah. I mean I do minimal editing unless somebody specifically says I shouldn't have said that. <laughs> exactly, exactly. There's a you know, you could add bells and whistles and certainly there's a there's a rabbit hole of like editing you could get caught down if you want to, you know, cut out every um That's uh, it. There's, yeah. there's always the temptation uh, to cut out the pauses and the ums and the 
Yeah, which I have done on a couple of the earlier shows. I might have done that, but now I'm just like, what will be, will be. That's um, it. You know, I, I think people get used to the flow after a while. Yeah, yeah, because I, I think ours benefits from that because it's a casual show. If it yeah. was a more of a, a standard, stricter sort of formulaic, you know, recorded adverts and things like that, you know, but I, I don't like. I always skip forward on them anyway. I do. Piss me off. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Especially when they got wise and started putting them in the middle of episodes. Oh, I just can't stand that. I mean, and there's a lot to be said about structure as well. You have your intro, um, and then we, we, yeah, we do have a sponsor for the show. We, you know, we have the brilliant Comic House who've just been so great to us. Um, but we, you know, ours is. I, I've got a very basic script, but that almost becomes a comedy segment every bloody week, anyway. Well, that's uh, it. That's what you want in a sponsor. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And, the day um, Pete starts sending you over a transcript of what you've got to read. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah. He'll send over, oh, could you mention this? Or, could, you know, we've got a giveaway or things like that. And that's all good. That's all good. Um, but but bless him. He really likes it. And when we, we at the last two believers, we had a table next to him and it was like, are the, are the adverts all right? And he's like, oh, no, I, I love them. You know, it was one of those, oh, thank God. Yeah. <laughs> Pulls out a big pad. He's like, but we've got a few yeah, notes. Yeah. We, yeah. <laughs> we need to talk about some things. Uh, my lawyer's going to be in touch. Oh, God. Uh, yeah. I'd argue yeah. you get more people on Comic Case from those ads than if you just did a flat. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, the thing is, I mean, there's a lot to be said for... I listen to a lot of podcasts where they go, oh, yeah, I use this all the time. Oh, I, I eat these Blue Apron meals all the time, blah, blah, blah. And you just think, no, you don't. <laughs> you don't. So you do because you get sent them for free. <laughs> yeah. It's like, Jesus Christ. Or you get sent them and they're in your cupboard somewhere and you haven't bloody yeah. touched them. Um, but Comic House is actually something that I've used and my comics are on there and, I, and it's really, really cool. So, you know, uh, I, I think if we were ever in the position of, well, A, just, and no one's in comics for money, but if it was just about the money. <laughs> like, if they are, they're in it for the wrong reason. Yeah, yeah. Um, but, you you know, what's the point of doing it if it's, you know, if it's all about sponsorship? I, I'm, I'm very much... I was anti, not anti-sponsorship, but I didn't want to have ads or, yeah, there, there are certain ways. Some people don't like it because they start a podcast and they're not getting advertising deals or things like that. It's like, no, I don't want, ours is a free show. It's a little show as it is. Do you know what I mean? I just, yeah. I don't want anything breaking up that flow. Um, but thankfully we got together with someone that's on, on the same wavelength as us, does a cool comic product. Well, yeah, you couldn't have found a more perfect sponsor. Really. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, you know, hopefully they're, they're along with us for however long they they deem fit but um yes yes they've been good but you know certainly we've had like emails sort of going oh hi hi guys you know would you know we've got we've got a recorded advert can we put it in your show and no no isn't gonna happen i mean sometimes we get some and we you know some nice questions and they're put very nicely and we're very appreciative of every email but you have to sort of say no because that's not what the show is um and partly it'll be more work for me because of the editing. <laughs> yeah, and it's, I don't know, it's sort of, it feels a bit more corporate then. It's why quite early on we decided not to go with sponsors for True Believers. Yeah. We had, for a brief period, we had people who supported us. So, you know, if they took posters, flyers, and did yeah. stuff spreading the word, then we put them as a supporter. Yeah. But then after a while, we just sort of, like, you know, it's it's our name. It's what we do. We will take full ownership of it. Yeah, and, you know, I don't when like playing cr- with other people's money. So. Exactly. When you create a brand as well, 
I mean, because that's essentially what we're doing. And yeah, never, never mind podcasts or conventions or comics. Or, you know, whatever anyone's doing out there, they're they're almost creating their own brand, their own creative IP. And if you have that, and you care about it, then you have to be um, you have to be sort of um loyal to that own brand. I think. Um, and the awesome pod is the awesome pod. It's yeah. it's it's going to you know what you see is what you get. Um, that's why, you know, it's. I used to think in my head, oh, it's like you know, it's got that sort of guerrilla filmmaking kind of yeah. style. There's, you know, the, the logo looks that way, intentionally. You know, lots of people they really have some, you know, they look more polished logos, but I wanted it to look like very, very sort of black and white. You know, very, very sort of almost like a stamp. It, it had it to look small pressy, as in yeah. The glory days of small press when you yeah. used to run it off on a photocopier and yeah and and then like even you know down to the the font that was used or the the layout or logos and everything everything is thought out um even if you listen to the show and it doesn't seem like it <laughs> <laughs> every show is thought out and we and we are we've always got like i mean we joke that we're like we're just completely unprofessional and like you know this is terrible or this is you know we're terrible at this but we don't take anything for granted and we we're if there are certain times on the show and these have been very minimal like to the to probably one percent should we say if there was something said on the show that was fine in the context of the conversation but afterwards when the three of us uh, been talking we were like you know maybe maybe we should edit that bit out um you know, maybe, you know, that might, maybe that bit wasn't right for the time or, you know, maybe it went, you have to, you have to be responsible with yeah. whatever, whatever you're doing as well. Um, and that's not, people are probably thinking, oh, what's that? It wasn't that, it wasn't that <laughs> fantastical <laughs> or shocking. There's, there's no scandal to be had. Um, yeah. So, yeah, there's the podcast world. Is is a strange one, and I I still look at it as an outsider rather than. I mean, lots of lots of people will be saying, "Oh, he's, you know, I know you from the podcast," and and that that's cool. That's cool. I was going to say because I suppose you get that a lot of cons. I suppose you get well, you've said before you get people talking to you like they know mm. you, and you've got no clue. With the, <laughs> the <thing. laughs> yeah, if you meet meet me at convention. I mean, we've met. Like, tell me what your Twitter. Now, you still yeah, tell, yeah, tell me what your Twitter like name is. At the very least, if you don't have a photo of yourself as an avatar, I will not know who you are. <laughs> I get it as well, though. Just people yeah. come up talking to me, and I quite possibly have met them before. But you meet so yeah. many people through the course of a convention as well. Yeah, well, so, like with with you as well, because you're con- like organising things, you put yourself on a on a public platform in, in some sense. Yeah, you kind of have to now, unfortunately. Yeah. So you're you're the go-to sort of like port of call. So, and and that's great because when people come up and talk to you, it's very casual and it's very it's very cool. But then when they'll come up to you at a show and they'll continue that conversation, you got to think, oh, who are you again? <laughs> <laughs> but then you realise it's been ten seconds into the conversation; it's too late. That's it. Smile and nod. Smile and nod. Yeah. Um, but you know that's that's first world problems. We met so many unbelievable people that you know have become close friends or just an absolute joy to me at every convention um it, it it is sometimes it's a double-edged sword because if you're trying to sell at a convention um it's not just it's not just a social jolly yeah because um, i'm conscious of that like when i'm like when i went to leamington last year i was hanging around your table a fair bit 
Yeah, that's kind of like, but I yeah. know when to step away. So yeah, 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 and that's the important thing. And you can see, you can see the people that do step away, and, the, and some people actually actively sort of go, "Oh, you should get this. This is really good." And I'm like, "Ah, oh, nice. You're not getting commission, but nice." Um, yeah, I, I'm always worried that you know yeah. it's that gross point blank kind of moment. Yeah, where you yeah. end up torpedoing the sale by saying yeah. too much or something. <laughs> but anyone that comes to the table is is a win in my book because. You know, I've been to small shows or big shows or whatever. When you're, yeah, thinking is no one going to come to the table? You know, <laughs> um, so whenever someone does come up and have a chat, that's a, that's a win-win. That's that's been and it's been awesome. And we met, I've met so many lovely people since starting making comics. Um, well, so, so, I mean, sometimes that's the positive of a quiet con, isn't it? That yeah, you at least get to meet some either cool creators or. Yeah, and sometimes it's just a shame that I don't have the money to buy all the books. Yeah, I always feel bad. Yeah, but but you have to be kind of like, um, I've got my shopping list. I'm I'm buying these, and that's it. Um, and I've got to be a, a little bit brutal sometimes, which is yeah. I tend to have a hit list for each year yeah. of like, yeah. I, and sometimes I hit that up, table last time, so I'll hit this yeah. one this time. <laughs> yeah, and sometimes I end up end up picking up books that I wasn't planning to pick up just because I was at someone's table. I'm like, for like five, 10 minutes, I'm like, Oh yeah, I'll get this one. then. <laughs> <laughs> uh, <laughs> yeah. But you know, the comic community is such an amazing community to, to yeah. be. And I, you know, it, even if I wasn't doing a podcast, I'd still be, uh, I'd, I'd still be doing it. I'd still be loving interacting with people and, you know, just telling stories. I, th- I think, you know, if we go back to why comics, because it's just the stories are amazing. It's, I never get tired of, of reading something new, and I've been really surprised uh, how my um, tastes have, um, I wouldn't say changed. Grown. Yeah, grown and, and evolved, <laughs> and how my eyes have opened. Um, you know, I thought, oh, I'm a, you know, like I say, 90s X-Men comic kid. Some people are still stuck in that in that realm. Um, I'm not saying well, stuck's a bit harsh, really. But and if if that's if that's your lane you want to drive in when it comes to your comics, that's great. Don't don't slag off anyone else's tastes. No, I... enjoy what you want to enjoy, and that's amazing. Um, but I but if you do get a chance to maybe push beyond your your comfort boundary with what you're reading, in terms of I don't know the scope of the book, where, where the book comes from, you know, what the topics it's talking about, you'll, you'll be pleasantly surprised. Um, you know, I mean, you must've, you must've discovered so much stuff that you didn't realize you would like something like that. And you've actually, well, yeah, I mean, sort of like John Tucker, it's probably something I wouldn't have ever really looked at if I was still in the, you know, comics of this size or this size. Yeah. And these are the only two sizes. And yeah, and you know they are about this and not this kind of thing because that's the thing i mean i keep saying it to people that some of the most exciting storytelling is going on in small press yeah because it just covers such a wide scheme of things and there's fads within small press the same as yeah. there is with everything else but i mean if john, you john want superhero that... you can get it and yeah if you want something batshit crazy you can get it if you want something life-affirming or that you can relate to on a personal real level oh, t- totally you can find right. that as well yeah i've read stuff that's actually like actually moved me like to yeah. the point of like you know getting quite emotional it might have struck a chord with something that you know happened in my life or 
you know, just the storytelling sometimes is just so good that you're like, oh my God, I can't believe this, how, how much this has swept me up. Um, and then you meet, you know, the wonderful, you know, so many brilliant indie, indie creators um, along the way that, you know, whether you just love their comics or whether they become friends or, you know, maybe they're a bit closer to to you than, you know, they live just around the corner and you didn't realise it. Because um, that's the thing about comics as well. We all make them in a cave, don't we? Yeah. <laughs> We're all locked away in our dark dungeons just making these funny books. And then so all... we throw them out onto the internet. And... <laughs> yeah, yep, yep. I mean, I certainly, even though I was living in Bath, I didn't realise there was a great little community of like illustrators and creators well, yeah, that's cause where bam came from wasn't it yeah yeah that was that was literally just a bunch of people that got together just to have a coffee a couple of times and it now it's turned into a couple of smaller indie events a year which is all good fun <laughs> <laughs> you're still yeah. young on that one <laughs> uh, yeah yeah well you would know you, you you've got the experience haven't you? you're the veteran now oh see, don't say things like that because <laughs> People hey, tend to use that against you after a certain point. No, dude, you're still going. Um, you know, we, we're living in a world where everything is flashing the pan. Yeah, I mean, I think we got lucky with the race course not being available for us. I think if we'd have done one more year at the race course, it probably would have broke me. So. Oh, really? I think in the end, being forced to move. And... Yeah, well, I mean, everything works out. Well, see, and I end. just genuinely loved it again from that. It felt like the cons I used to read about or sort of went to very early on. The yeah. ones just in a hotel function room kind of thing. Yeah. I like those sort of, you know, the bustling atmosphere of those sort of ones, though, the, the sort of hotels. The, yeah. You know. Although, though these days, um, it's strange. Sometimes when I'm, I'm doing some conventions, I want to get away from my table to meet some indie creators, but also to see if I can find a bargain in the graphic novel section of a back issue seller. Um, Cause I, I love shopping as well. You know? Yeah, I do. That was the one good thing about Saturday as I got the Rachel rising omnibus for a fiver. <laughs> the what, whole, the... the whole thick bastard thing. Are you, are you no. joking? Do you want to know the worst thing though? I bought it in forbidden planet in Cardiff for 50 quid on the Monday. <laughs> oh, Oh, I remember I got that. <laughs> I got that in Midtown Comics in, when I had my New York trip, and nice. I went into Midtown Comics, and it, it's, it's a great shop. It, it, is, it is a great shop, but uh, it was one of those. I was expecting it to be like some sort of mecca, some yeah. sort. Of, <laughs> and I walked in, and it was like, oh, it's a shop. Of course, <laughs> of course it's a shop. What, did, what was I expecting? Is it being like? The... <laughs> Like some no, sort of Barcelona cathedral. I'm the um, same. I've always imagined it to be like you know, stained yeah. glass. And I was thinking, and... I've got to get. I kept looking, and I thought, I thought, oh my god, even you know the sale part here must be epic, and it wasn't really. And I was like, oh, well, I've got to get something. And then I saw Rachel Rising, and I thought, okay, it's not on sale, but I've wanted to read that for ages. And I'm going to bloody well spoil myself. So I added a couple of kilograms to my <laughs> suitcase on the way home because that's a bastard that's a big bastard i was gonna say that's not an easy book to get in <laughs> that's not one you read in bed did you get the hardback or the softback uh softback why oh, have you right, got the so hardback no soft oh. hard or soft I, I don't have hardback money <laughs> yeah that, that was something <laughs> the, the love for hardback books has probably grown in me over the past few years as well um and it's come about just I mean, I love looking at like the print. I'm a print nerd and geek anyway. Do you know what I mean? I just love, 
you know, yeah. the smell of the smell of the ink, the feel of the paper, that you know, a matte laminate or some sort of nice varnish. I'm all about that, and I think that's one of the reasons I love like no brow books and stuff because just the way they're put together is like oh exquisite. Oh, they're stunning. I got them off of Tony. Oh, it's just Beautiful yeah, book. just and you know that that's amazing by itself. But then I I just got into a I think it was one Christmas I just decided, you know, I put on my wish list. Oh, I'll get this omnibus. I was like, no, it wasn't that. He was a sixth gun, you know. Uh, yeah, Cullen Bun's sixth gun, and I think it's Brian Hurt as well. Um, I always wanted to read it, and I thought, oh, I haven't got around to read it, so I'll get the omnibus. Oh, this is an oversized omnibus. I'll, I'll get that. And um, when I got this big bastard, the book's so it's the one of the biggest books I've got in terms of height because it has real trouble fitting on one of the IKEA shelves. Like. Uh, <laughs> I love it, but at the same time, it's like, oh, I really hope I'm not damaging this book by, <laughs> by putting it in this shelf. Um, and that, as soon as I saw that, it was it was just, oh, I need to do this more, you know. Um, and, and I think it's what I'm using with those sort of the omnibuses as well. It's just, sort of, oh, I haven't. I've always wanted to read, read Fear Agent. Oh, there's an omnibus. You know, it'll be. I'm not saying I get them every month. Jesus Christ, no. I'm not made of money. But occasionally, if there if there's a treat or that if there's a birthday or Christmas coming around, I'll see if I can get one of those. Um, yeah, which is, but they can be so pricey. They I can, think. but that's why I don't. I don't normally buy them from the, the shelf. And... Yeah, I don't normally buy them from the shelf, like in a store, unless there's a big sale on. Yeah. Um. Yeah, but I just love all that. I just love the printed book as much as I read digital comics um, every week, um, such as the recent X Men run. Oh my Christ, that good! Um, which is really surprising because I haven't read X Men in years. I haven't. I picked up the first one of one of them, but oh, yeah, you're in for a treat, my friend. But yeah, yeah, I normally read digitally each week, and certainly, like I say, with the podcast, we get PDFs, and we're very very lucky to be so fortunate to be um, treated so kindly from by a lot of indie creators who are are so generous with their time and and their and their work um so yeah long may that continue because we hope to shout out about so many more people over the coming well i don't know how long i'll be able to do this (laughs) (laughs) but yeah there's no end in sight um at the moment so I think if Dan and Tony are listening to this, um, yeah, don't worry. I'm not, <laughs> I'm, I'm not going to leave it in your hands just yet. <laughs> Christ. Yeah. I know they, they can record a show by themselves now though. Yeah. So, yeah. yeah. Tony's got the power now. Yeah. Uh, you know, with great power comes great responsibility though, doesn't it? <laughs> so it's not just the recording. It's the putting together. And... Yeah. I'll just put it this way. You wouldn't give a lighter to a baby, would you? <laughs> <laughs> not after last time no <laughs> yeah but, but so no. sort of because i mean i've always found your pod really useful for you know the know-how of how to create comics and that oh, to the point oh. now where i dicked around and did one the other day <laughs> i must i must say dude i need to get a copy of that jason isaacs book um and uh, you know, I'm, I'll, I'll say it on, on air now. I absolutely freaking love that because um, you posted it on. Did you post it on Twitter or was it Facebook? Or I put it up on it? my. I think I put it on Instagram and I put it on my 
drawing page on Facebook ah, I as well. I think it was Instagram where I saw it because you put all the pages up, didn't you? Yeah. Yeah, because oh, I just did it for a bit of fun. It was Andy uh, told me I should print yeah. it off. Yeah, I don't know. You say you only do it for a bit of fun, but dude, the pacing was there, the rhythm. You know, you're you're a comic book creator. Whereas you're like, oh yeah, I just and I, I I love the fact that you just printed a couple off and you what was it the printed at home edition you've got yeah. written at the top, which I love that touch anyway. But also right. it's about J- Jason Isaacs, and I absolutely love that man. So do I. <laughs> yeah, he's well clearly you know with that autobiographical stalker. <laughs> Comic. Yeah. No, it's yeah, no, I'm not sure I like that tag. I didn't come up with that tag. No, you <laughs> that should was, that be, was uh, a Tony. <laughs> yeah, you, you should be very proud of that because that that is an awesome book. And uh, if anyone's listening, you need to check this out because it is it is really really good. Um, what you is that going to be? Is that available digitally? Uh, it isn't is at it? the moment. I was thinking of putting it on Comic Con. Hang on, let me just PayPal you over your bribe money. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> um, yeah, like I say, it was through listening to you guys and that and through doing true believers it's like i feel really inspired to create something now but i don't really know and then you can listen to you guys like what you're running at the moment with the writing one and the drawing one and that yeah and you do these little creative focused episodes it's superb and it was just sort of listening to you guys talking about just doing a comic kind of thing yeah yeah because you know we've we've done like over 200 episodes now and obviously, they're not all about making comics. You know, there's there's other avenues of comics, but you know, like you say, we're we're doing these, and it's about six. It did start off as like five weeks, but we've added a couple more cool things in, like the, the process of making comics, because the process shows always. Yeah. You know, I, I know people get a kick out of them. I, I, yeah, people have a laugh when it's just the three of us, or you know, they love having some of the guests that we have on to talk about their work or, or a certain topic. But we we wanted to do definitely a process set, so now is a perfect time. With this time as year as well, sort of sitting in this little pocket in between conventions, and you know there's uh, you know there's, there's there's a bit of space, there's a bit of time. So over the like, well, obviously we've just as we're speaking now, we've just done the the writing one, um, and by the time this one comes out, there'll probably be another one. Yeah, there probably will be another one out. Um, yeah, so we're going through the stages of making a comic. So, you know, I mean, I say that in the very loosest of terms. It's basically, you know, the first show is is writing, second is artwork, third will be coloring, fourth lettering, fifth editing, and then the sixth will be the finished product. Have I got that right? Is that five or six? I've got my number. Five. You're doing one on printing, aren't you? I think Tony yeah. said. Yeah. So um, who knows? There might be a, something else in there as well. But when we sometimes when we talk about process, we talk, we end up talking about lots of different aspects of it. But with these shows, it was a case of right. Let's focus on one thing. Let's talk about writing. And you know, we had David Hine on to talk about writing, and ho- hopefully, we uh, to talk about things that we haven't necessarily discussed as well. Because um, it's all about trying to get new information rather than. I'm always wary that we're. I don't want to go over the same thing again and again. Although any show could be someone's first show, couldn't it? But yeah, well, I think even when you do sort of touch on things you've touched on before, you do it in a fresh way with a different perspective on it, or somebody well, else's yeah. different viewpoint. Because everybody creates differently. Yes. Yeah. There's, there's no set rules. All you can yeah. do is cherry yeah. pick what works for other people and make it work yeah. for you, kind of thing. Yeah, and we always do say, like, look. the, the we're ours is not the right way of doing it we're not here to tell you how to do things this isn't this isn't a how-to we're just going to discuss 
here's the process. Maybe you can get some tips from it. You know, some some people do. I'm so. Tell you what, people, that's why I'm doing it because I want to learn about it. Yeah. You know, so, so I'm like, right, okay. I, I'm making notes. I know I'm doing the show notes for, you know, for when I post the episode, but I am making notes about, oh, you know, maybe there's the eight point process of how to tell a story or, you know, who knows what it'll be over the next few months. And because I also do things as like letter and stuff as well, um, I could be getting tips ahoy from, yeah. from books like that, you know. And, but with these shows, it was a case of so many people think comics are largely writing and drawing. You know, the the two names that people always think about, you know, that on the comic, probably the writer or the artist. Um, sometimes one of them gets more credit than the other, but that's, that's another discussion for another time. Yeah. <laughs> um, but comics, there's a brilliant illustration. I don't know where, I think it was a French cartoon. Have you seen this one? Um, you see the, a team from the back and it says writer no editor writer uh penciler inker uh colorist letterer have you seen that one and it's yeah. it's, it's the bat there's someone creating batman as it goes up and you just see these things would not be like this without a team yes yeah, some, some people are one man one man bands and like they do really well but a lot of the time there's a team of very skillful people helping you along um sometimes for you know their talents are worth far more than what they they necessarily charge you. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. Like, and they're undersung. So it was a it was important, I think, for, for us to to talk to, for instance, colorists and letterers, um, which is something that when people think lettering, they you know some sort of general fans out there may think, oh, well, that that doesn't sound that interesting to me. Trust me, if you listen to the show, it'll be interesting. Yeah, uh, and it's something you take for granted, isn't it? The yeah. The lettering bit. Because yeah. I've seen plenty of comics that have got really nice story, really nice artwork, but are just let down by the lettering. Yeah. And just to have that, there's a creator that I'm a big fan of at the moment. Um, I hope to talk to you at some, some point in the future. That's uh, JWC, who um, their work is on Comic House. And I remember um talked about one of their early books, which I loved. The storytelling and the emotion in it was was wonderful as well as the artwork and i said i said on the podcast you know it's the lettering could do with a bit of work i always try to be um less constructive do you know what i mean rather yeah. than, oh i think you know and certainly this this creator also said afterwards yeah I, I mentioned another one of their books later i think it was fairly recent actually lost in time or lost time and uh i mentioned on the show oh the lettering is a step up completely a step up and it's all coming together so much so much better and the creator said well you know i listened to the show and i made a concerted effort you know i really worked on it to, to do it better and just that's wonderful to hear that you, you get people that are listening and just thinking oh i could do that better you know i mean because your story can still be amazing even if you have these things that aren't you know that could be polished sometimes when we say a comic has bad lettering sometimes that can that can absolutely ruin a comic let, let, yeah <laughs> let's be honest if it's absolutely awful then it will ruin it but also at the same time sometimes it's unpolished that doesn't you know and and it's noticeable if it's unpolished but that doesn't mean that your work is is suffering because of it, it, it you can then you know there's always something to work on with comics 
you know i and i'm i buy i am in no way an expert um because the next I, whenever i see my work anyway i'm like oh god i did that wrong i mean i think <laughs> you're probably like that with the work you're doing now because you're being more productive aren't you so with your artwork yeah i only so. ever see the mistakes yeah like i said Which, in the mailer this week i you know everybody needs an andy <laughs> <laughs> just, that per- just that person who sees things the way you don't see it kind of thing yeah yeah and, well, yeah completely you know there, there are the everyone is their own worst critic yeah um but that isn't always a bad thing uh, no that's it it's it's just yeah. having that person who you know yeah pushes you to make that next sort yeah. of step but... if you've got someone to support that supports you um you know sometimes they're not just being nice <laughs> sometimes <laughs> They know what they're talking about. <laughs> well, that's um, it, and it's it's that person that isn't afraid to tell you, you know, yeah, it's all right, but it needs this, 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 and this. Or yeah, 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 and that's um, I mean, no one likes criticism. No one, no, no one likes criticism. Uh, absolutely, uh, you know, Not unless you're some kind of sycophant. <laughs> yeah, you know, if if someone tells me like how I should do things, the hairs on the back of my neck go up and I'm like, oh, I, I get in an immediate sort of like, don't you tell me what to do. Uh, <laughs> but then when I calm down and try it, normally, most of the time, they end up being right. <laughs> so Then when you go home and retell it to Joe, it's probably the same as I do with my wife. I'm like, you fucking said this. Yeah. So, uh, you know, maybe what I do they know? They don't know nothing. <laughs> so I hit them with my car. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, long story short, I need bail money. <laughs> yeah, long story short, they're dead. Um, <laughs> and I've burnt the car. <laughs> oh, I knew this show would get dark at some point. It did, didn't it? <laughs> yeah, yeah. Yeah. But, uh, yeah, what were we talking about? <laughs> we were always talking about comics, I think. I don't know. Yeah, comics. Yeah, comics are great, aren't they? <laughs> they're great. They take my mind off murder. <laughs> <laughs> they quiet the voices. <laughs> I should have just left it at that. I should have. Why comics? Because it silences the voices. <laughs> I got it. The thing is, and yeah, yeah, yeah. There's a magic roundabout music plays. Um, I people sometimes you have to be careful what you say online as well. As soon as you start doing any kind of public format. Um, and certainly, you put yourself on a on a public platform. Yeah, this goes to anyone at a convention because we always sort of say, "Just be a decent person at a convention." Doesn't matter if you're having a shit day; you can still be civil to people. Um, but when I, I um, I'm not always cheerful. I just want to say that <laughs> I uh, I get the blues like anyone else. Yeah, and, uh, yeah, but I've, I'm, um, but when I'm at that table, the green light's always on. If you know what I mean, that you know, because even if I'm having a, a poor day, like we we were at um, London MCM, it didn't go didn't go well for us. Probably went well well for lots of other people. We've done a show about it. You know, that was yeah, that was quite interesting. Yeah, but it didn't go it didn't go that well for us. Uh, and we talked about it. But anyone that came... And there were moments where you just sat at the table just thinking, what, what is it? Is it us? And then you, you, sniff, you sniff your T-shirt and think, no, it's not us. <laughs> um, but then whenever anyone came to the table, 
me and Dan were just chatting to them. Like, you, you just got to be, you got to be switched on all the time, you know. And, and you must have it, like, when you're doing conventions and stuff, when you're doing trees, you're being pulled in all directions, aren't you? Yeah, I mean, it's, for want of a better term, it, there's a level of performance to it. Yeah. Not necessarily that you are performing for people, but, you know, you put on your con organizer face or your mm. con yeah. table face. and There's a weird, like, a public face that takes place. Um, and it's a, diff- it's a different kind of... People are just like, public face? What are you talking about? That's probably a, it's probably a 90s image book. Um, <laughs> <laughs> public face. If it's from not, Extreme it's Studios. Studios. Next Kickstarter. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> John Tucker, you need to write public face. Um, but, but there is... Um, I forgot what I was talking about now. <laughs> I, I just uh, so caught up with this idea of this giant face. <laughs> Oh right! Now I know what it was. That like we go out and we socialise. You go for dinner with friends and stuff. And yes, you're out in public. That's that's very different from a uh, from the convention table um, sort of pers- persona you put on. I mean, some people sort of say, "Oh, I'm just me at my table," but I'm I'm a heightened like I'm a cranked up version of me in yeah. a sense. Um, you know, I'm not the you know, because I don't when I when I'm at home, I probably don't want to talk to people. <laughs> <laughs> if I'm in my you know in my private life, I'm like oh yeah, I'm like this. But when I'm at a, when I'm at a con or I'm at any convention sort of scene, it's completely different. The, the switch is activated. Um, but I I felt it even more so because of the show. Um, because it's there are people actually listening. We didn't think anyone would listen to the show. We really didn't. I, you know, we're we're thankful for any any download we have at all. Um, but it it also means that you know you don't you don't you don't want to be you don't want to seem jovial and nice. And then when someone comes up to you at a show, you're an absolute prick. <laughs> <laughs> Not that there's a dark underbelly, meaning that I hate everyone that comes up to talk to me. <laughs> <laughs> Because that's not the case. But you know what I mean? There is a... I think that that's one of the reasons that when a convention ends, just even more exhausted. It's like, oh... Yeah, I think that's why the news hit some people a lot more than others as well. Yeah. Yeah, because you have that added to the fact that you're you're amongst your own people, as it were. Um, And you're you're surrounded by stuff that you absolutely love and the atmosphere and creativity. You're on such a sort of high that when that goes away... It's all like, uh, yeah. Yeah, that's sort of the beauty of having to force yourself to go to work on the Monday after. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I think if do. I took the week after troops off, I'd just sort of sit and fester for a little bit, <laughs> sort of having to get oh. straight back into routine. Oh, yeah. Slowly start Picture picking that. yourself. Picture that. Oh, oh god. <laughs> yeah, yeah. But um, yes, the comics are great. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, great to think, you pickle yourself yeah yeah after every convention i just go and pickle myself <laughs> <laughs> some people do if you believe some of the stories well when when they hit the bar bloody hell <laughs> um, those days are long behind me though I, I, yeah. saying saying that i've never had a you hear story of like stories of like people going and getting pissed during thought bubbles and stuff but i've not me I, although, although I, I am doing thought bubble this year, so. 
No, neither neither do I. But like, oh, I'll, I'll have a baby, baby sham and a Horlicks, please. <laughs> not not together. That's just rough. Okay, like how much? I could buy a comic for that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, actually, these days you could buy well, and trade. <laughs> <laughs> or Rachel Rising. <laughs> like the best and then worst thing when I realised how much I'd spent on it just a few uh, days earlier. So just don't think about it, Dave. Don't think about it because I always end up buying any. I get this with DVDs as well. I, and I stopped buying DVDs and Blu-rays because whenever I went and bought them, two weeks later they'd be in a sale. Yeah, I, it's very rare I buy one as soon as it comes out anymore. Yeah, yeah. Just, unless it was one I wanted to see at the cinema but couldn't be asked to go because I figure that's about the same price I would have paid as going to the cinema. So. Yeah, yeah. I know cinema is definitely more of a an event thing now, isn't it? Yeah, definitely. Yeah. Still, so I've yeah. seen Spider-Man. That's it's all right. Yeah, I know. I, I I know. I really enjoy it. I just haven't got around to it. I don't know. It's weird. I'm not. I'm normally straight on it first weekend, but yeah, I, I kind of have to be to a point because trying to avoid spoilers and yeah. needing to be online to do stuff. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. I mean, being yeah, avoiding spoilers is an absolute. It's a landmine. <laughs> it's, it's just a fucking field of landmines, mostly. Yeah. Although when you do, when you stay away from social media to avoid spoilers, it's just it's lovely. Oh, it's bliss, isn't it? Ah, oh, it's, it's so easy to slip back in the habit of checking your phone constantly. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like I took a week's holiday and didn't check my phone once, and I absolutely loved it. But as soon as I got back into that thing of I'll just see what I've missed, it's like fuck. Yeah, and you feel like you have missed out. It's like oh god, you know. It's like when you leave your phone at home, you go to work and you think, oh no, I've left my phone. This will be the day that everyone calls me and then you get home and, oh no, no one cares. Yeah. <laughs> Nobody <laughs> liked that picture I posted last night. Oh, well, well, if you spent hours and hours and days upon a picture, right, and you've really crafted it and you think it's one of the best things you've ever done, you post it online, you'll get a couple of likes. If you just shit out a doodle. Yeah. It's because of the time you post it, I reckon. Yeah, I don't understand the one that. I wish, I wish I understood. You know, I wish I understood that. I, I wish I did because I, I've tried to get more into like posting bits of artwork and and stuff. But you know, but at, just, the same, at the same time, I'm not really in it for likes. They are nice, but this, yeah, I've, yeah, ne- I've never been. I've never been one that's had lots of likes on on his artwork. So. No, I haven't. I look at some people and it's like up to hundreds. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Rightfully so. You know, most of the time I'm there. As soon as I see a good bit of artwork online, I'll just like. Yeah, I try and like stuff just, you know. Yeah. To be supportive sometimes. Yeah. Not that 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 takes away from the art. Now everything I like. like, Well done, you. Well done, you. I'm going to put this on the fridge. (laughs) (laughs) There's just so much art now, though, isn't there? There's just. Yeah, it's impossible. Yeah, I don't quite know what to Instagram's do. Instagram's becoming like Twitter, where if you scroll and then scroll back up, the thing you saw that you wanted to go back to is gone. <laughs> oh, God. Yeah, it's not just me, then. Thank no. you. Jesus. Yeah, that happens to me all the time. Yeah. And then you get ads, and you're like, oh, I don't care yeah. about this. <laughs> Why do you think I'm interested in football gambling? You can see that I'm involved in comics. Clearly, I don't like football. <laughs> Oh, how do you feel about the Big Bang Theory? Fuck off. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, oh dear. dear. We're just all bitter, aren't we? Well, 
gotta be. Yeah. <laughs> Makes more interesting stories. Yeah, it's true. But comics are great. <laughs> <laughs> the ads in comics used to be great as well. Oh, yeah. Well, I mean, like, I don't know. I think one of the things I like about reading some of the old comics is looking at those really horrible ads for, like, Thundercat crisps. Oh, my God. Do you remember those? Do you remember those? Vaguely, yeah. Oh, God. They were good. Is that in the old game ones? Oh, yeah. Like the classic. Um, oh, is it? Who's it? Is it? Taito or something like that. Well, what was the comic? You always used to have a Duke Nukem, it seemed, in every comic yeah. as well, for some reason. Or there was like two crude dudes or <laughs> Rene- Renegade or something. Double like Dragon. Double Dragon. Oh, yes. The Double Dragon ones were classic. You know, mind you, it's a classic game. That's yeah. a classic game. Yeah. Yeah. Or you have the, the like the Game Boy. When the, when the Game Boy kicked off, all the ads you see for the Game Boy. Uh, yeah. So, you and then you'd have, you'd have the listings for like, you know, people selling their comics. Yeah. Yeah, you don't make them like that anymore. They don't. <laughs> and you're at it's, classic it's X-ray specs. We actually appreciate the advertising from an old comic. There's just something about it. It was the character and makes it more of a time capsule. I think. Yeah, exactly. It is that you, you look back with fond memories, don't you? That's. I think it. If it's still terrible, but <laughs> <laughs> but it's it's the fond memories that it sort of brings up, doesn't it? Nostalgia changes yeah. everything. It's like when you find yeah. an old video of a film you taped off ITV once. <laughs> yeah. And I'm... I mean, nostalgia... You know, the amount of conversations I could have with like my friends and we'll start talking about something we used to... You know, one of the cartoons we used to watch. Or, you know, the, the nostalgia conversations are amazing conversations to have. They're like some... When everyone's like, oh, do you remember this? Or, oh, do you remember that with this episode? And, you know, that that's awesome. I could do that all day. Until um, you but, find yourself at one o'clock in the morning on eBay. Yeah. Oh, oh, tell me about it. Jesus, my that's mad. porn for the nostalgic. That is. Oh, nostalgia porn. Actually, no, that's completely different. Uh, uh, but I just, I'm not sure what nostalgia. What is nostalgia going to be like in another twenty, thirty years? Yeah, that sounds like an old man thing to say, and I apologise because I, I think there will always. Now, of course, there's going to be nostalgia. I mean, there's people who, are, you know, I was, I was too old by the time Pokemon kicked off, and you know, had the animated series. But people are hugely nostalgic for that. I know that's still, I know Pokemon's still going, but you know what I mean when when it originally kicked off. Yeah, I just have horrible fears of like 15, 20 years in the future. I'm going to be sat in the pub and like, remember that PDF we downloaded? Whoa. I think it doesn't help that everything. Or do you remember that YouTuber we used to love? Yeah. God, I, I hate the term YouTuber. Yeah, I just, um, but you know that's the way of the world. That's the way of the world. Um, but do you think? I don't know. It's when it comes to. I think one of the problems is everything's being rebooted and remade. It's, I, you know, I I want to see. I'd love to see more original content. And that's that's one of the reasons I think that, that comics is, yeah, the numbers aren't really showing it. If you look at comics sales, you, know, you you think, oh, God. They always talk about it's in deep trouble, and certainly there are troubling signs in certain aspects. People will always make comics. People always want to make comics. And yeah, it's, it's the, well, 
yeah. for want of a better term, it's the easiest way of telling your story because there's nobody telling you you can't do that because it would cost too much to have the spaceship. Com- yeah, completely. You can do whatever you want. Every And, for instance, most of the time, if you pick up an image book every week, you'll see a multi-million dollar film yeah. in 20, 24 pages, you know, or an amazing TV series you wish you were watching, you know, in, in the space of six issues. Um, comics are... They're, they're just they're the blank canvas that I, I think is one of the last places where people complain about, oh, they're rebooting Superman or X-Men or, or they're restarting from number one and they're do, doing that. Yeah, but that will always happen. But there's lot there's so much new stuff happening. It doesn't matter if it's influenced by, you know, a classic horror movie or but there are new there are new stories i look at i do this um on twitter i do a, a weekly sort of i pick i pick four covers because that's that's the amount of yeah you can pick on twitter isn't it really um i think so i don't know i just pick four no, i got comicology sure i i do the i do the new comic book day browse i just scroll down i'm just looking at whatever covers stand out to me take a screenshot of them or you know say and then then i cut it down to four and i post every week i don't always buy these comics but by when i have that browse i'm just seeing so many great ideas so many wonderful concepts you know uh, certainly i picked up one this week which just it i think it's called berserker uh, i think it's a dark horse book jeff lemire uh on oh, the artist escapes me um i haven't read it yet but concept is it's like conan the barbarian and he's just woken up in modern day new york sold exactly <laughs> i was like right okay how has no, how has this not happened before um and it probably has you know if, if you know, tony esmond the encyclopedia of comics you probably say oh well this book had a similar sort of thing but there's so many things that i you know i'll i'll see in comics that i'm like that's i wish i had that idea i wish i had come up with that i wish i had the skills to do that the way that that's been done um and it's it's still even those moments where i think these are rare moments but sometimes when you just get tired of a few things or you think oh comics is you know maybe you, you go on social media and the whole comics conversation is doing your head in yeah. you say, and you're just tired and you just think maybe i just need some time away from comics and you all of a sudden there's an issue that you're like this is it this is this is why you know you you can get lost in a story and you're right back where you where you started again um i don't think i'll ever i'll ever give it up um you know i'll always i always want to tell stories anyway um i thought they're doing a bit more prose um but and I have done prose before, but I'm trying to get into writing a, a bit of comics as well. But that's a whole different ball game. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. yeah. I, I always struggled with prose. It's, it's that fine line between descriptive and yeah. describing. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, you know, and I, I have um, I co-wrote a novel, um, and that was huge fun to do. Yeah, uh, but. And but that's also in the in the same way that you know that's an uphill struggle because there's no visuals to go along with it. I knew I know if people read it they'd probably get a kick out of it, but you, there's no immediate. You can't just post a bit of artwork from it <laughs> <laughs> on social media unless you pay, post a paragraph that you think that's not a bad idea actually. Uh, 
um, it's three words from Paragraph. Yeah, it's, it's three words. This is great. Buy the book on. No, um, yeah. So yeah, comics is is in my blood, and it's not going away anytime soon. But and I hope to. I don't know. I'm I'm not gonna I'm never gonna be a professional in it. I'm doing it because I love it, um, and just because I always wanted to do it. And I spent a long time wishing I I I had done it sooner. But you know everything works out for a reason. And I'm, I'm yeah, that's a, it's well, it just even doing it yourself at home seemed like such an alien thing. <laughs> yeah, yeah, and and now now I can, and now I'm you know I've got to the point where people are asking me, you know, to to work on projects with them. Um, which is which is amazing, which is um, brilliant. Although although I have learned not to take too much on myself, um, I've got a couple of um, little things in the pipeline at the moment, artwork wise, as well as the latest Red Mask issue, and I've got some written stuff with um, Gareth Slighthome and Andy Bloor, which is hopefully get, both going to be out later in the year. Cool, but you know, so it's, it's still there. It's you know, uh, comics is. I'm in, I'm in comics for the long haul. <laughs> God help me. <laughs> Unless I completely sell out one day, then then uh, you know, remember I said this because uh, I won't be speaking to any of you, Joe Public, ever again. <laughs> That's it. As soon as you get your AMC TV deal, yeah. <laughs> be like fuck comics. <laughs> yeah. Although at the same time, Kirkman was still making. He's still making comics. He's still. He is. Yeah. Comics. Like, you know, no matter. If people go, oh, well, you're, you know, he sold out, he did this or he did that. I'm like, the dude still makes comics. He was. That's it. I, I don't consider him one of the sellouts. No, no, exactly. It's like he was still making Invincible, which I'm sorry, I don't know how you make that into anything apart from a badass animated TV series. I, I don't think you could make it. I, I don't think you can make a film out of it. I don't think you could make a TV series out of it. I think it wouldn't do Invincible justice because of how epic in scope that. And I, yeah. I'm, I haven't even read it all, but you know, I, I think sometimes these other multimedia platforms, it's great to see these things on the big screen or on the small screen, but sometimes they do dull the blade of the comic book story. Yeah, and I think a reverse effect on some comics is you read some comics, you're like you're blatantly writing this as a pitch to get adapted into a film. <laughs> yeah, yeah, which you should never do. You no. should always, um, you know, and that—that's why I, you know, I mentioned these indie books and these image books and you know all of that because, you know, some of these stories are so epic in scope that they're clearly not writing this for for someone to come along and buy the pitch because it would cost too much. But it's by doing the stories that you love that people will notice. Um, and if you're doing it just for the money, just don't bother. Well, no, that's it, and they. The great ones work best as comics, even when they're adapted. Yeah. Because you're yeah. always going to have the limited thing of a TV series of either the budget or the time frame is going to feel so short. Yeah. yeah. It's like Nolan's Batman films are great, but if you look at the span of all three films, he had a career of about six months before he gave it up. Yeah. Yeah. Don't get me started on the third one. But that's, that's another. Yeah. That's just... that's for another show. Yeah. Uh... <laughs> oh, yeah. So sad. Um yeah uh <laughs> <laughs> yeah but but like literally if you in comics if you've got something to say you can say it yeah um and if you want to have fun then have it and that's it if you want to experiment with storytelling yeah yeah it's it's like i mean how i think i think about mo- most things you can you can 
believe believe what you want. You can do what you want. You can, you know, be as free as you want. Don't hurt anybody or just don't treat anybody else like shit. And the world would be a better place. Unfortunately, it's not always. But, um, but thankfully, most of the time, most of the time in comics, that's the case. There's always the vocal minority who sometimes spoil the party. But, you know, I haven't, you know, I, I haven't come across it. But then again, I'm also in the, you know, I'm a fairly privileged position of uh, being a middle-aged white man. So, yeah. <laughs> so you know, I, all, all I'm going to do is is just try and make some fun stories or, well, I say fun. Some of them are quite dark, some of the stuff I come up with. But, you know, I'm going to try and make good stories that people can enjoy and, uh, yeah, and hopefully make the world a better place. One panel at a time. Aww. Anyone would think that, yeah, how's that? How's that? <laughs> That's a T-shirt. I know, I know. <laughs> I'm never going to hear the end of that. I'm just realised that. If that's yeah. not on your next batch of business cards, I'm going to be yeah. really disappointed. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It clearly won't be about convention panels because if you've heard me on a convention panel, they're normally a car crash. <laughs> they're the best kind, the ones that are yeah. awful. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. I do like doing panels. They are good fun. They are good fun. And... Yeah. I never thought I'd be doing those. Do you know what I mean? I, don't, I didn't think I'd table one, let alone host one or two, which I. Yeah, been very fortunate to at some of your shows, so thank you very much for that. That's all right. Desperate and you're cheap. So. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> you're cheap. You didn't even give me anything for it. Oh, didn't Tony give you your cut? As <laughs> That's what I like about you guys as well, is because you do it because you love it. I've, I, you get several people every so often like, I'll host your panels, and it only costs you this much. I don't. <laughs> No, uh, hosting a panel, you uh, why would I don't understand? It's like, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> you can tell I've, I've, uh, yeah, <laughs> I think with with panels, they're an they are an extra to a convention, they're they're you know, an extra ingredient that you can't get anywhere else with a lot of things. And if you if you give them the tap, yeah, there is a, there is a there is an art to it. I know art may be the a fancy term for it, but if if there isn't a decent moderator on a panel, it can go downhill quickly. Yes, and it it can be a dead dead panel. So fair play for those who moderate and moderate well. As I found out the day I had to host one of my own panels because the guy who was supposed to do it didn't show up on the day. <laughs> it's and a tough gig, isn't it? It, it, it is. It's horrible because I was like, let's just open it up to questions. Yeah. I think the only the only reason I've been able to handle it, well, not that I'm any good at it, but then handle it in the way I do it is because I've had the work experience, as it were, with the weekly podcast. Yeah. So, you know, having that conversational dialogue with someone, and it is by having conversations with people that I think you get the best sort of information, anyway. But yeah, I, I consider it's a it's a privilege to to be able to moderate a panel and, and talk to someone and. Um. Yeah, being being paid for it. I mean, everyone wants to be paid for anything. I understand that, but yeah, I just think no, I don't. I don't understand how people get paid for that. <laughs> <laughs> you know, but 
Especially, yeah, yeah I, I guess like freelancers who would come in to to do that if they're not if they're not involved with the inv- event as a whole. Does that make sense? Yeah, I just I don't know. I question the motive sometimes. Yeah, yeah, is is my issue with it. But yeah, you know, like I say, if if they add value to it, then yeah. possibly fair enough. <laughs> yeah. yeah, I think some people want to be a per. Everyone, yeah. Some people want to be a personality, and I hope people understand what I mean by that. Um, but if you're hosting a panel, the personality should be the person you're talking to. Yeah, yeah. You should be a yeah empty void to a certain degree. <laughs> yeah. Well, not an empty void. You still go entertain people, but you know what I mean. <laughs> yeah, yeah. The interviewer just has to sort of do the oh, so how did you do this, and then let the other person fly. You know. So, but that's my that's my uh. That's as close as I get to being a. <laughs> just... Am I going to be scandalous? No, no, no. <laughs> get a rise out of me. That's yeah. It. You got your own pod to be scandalous on. Yeah, I know, I know, <laughs> and yeah. <laughs> I suppose I should get prepping on that. No. <laughs> <laughs> I just make sure I have a nice big cup of tea before every recording. That's it. Calm me down. <laughs> Calm me down. Jesus, I need one afterwards. <laughs> Just shaking. Yeah. 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 Awesome. Well, sort of. Before we go, then, sort of. Yeah. Your your love of comics and that. What sort of titles would you recommend people check out that oh. maybe inspired you to create or just cemented your love of comics or creators? Oh God. Um. Oh, that's a big question. Isn't it? Um, right, the, the certain titles. I would. Um, this is going to sound quite strange, but I, I think I've had a renewed interest in like some of the eighties um, comics and stuff. So certainly some of them before my time, before I was recording them as well, uh, recording them, uh, reading them. Um, I would definitely have a look if you if you're at a comic market, if you're at a comic convention, you know. Maybe pick up one of those old weeklies, Eagle, Battle, whatever, just one issue of it. Have a look through and see what you think about it. Um, I picked up, because uh, I'm trying to get the Stormforce, uh, a collection of Stormforce issues. And uh, by doing so, I was picking up loads of Eagle issues and old old Battle comics. So I came back on the comic mart, and yes, I found out afterwards when I came home, I bought 50% of comics that I already own. Um, but I didn't know that, it was just by looking at the cover. But when I was on the bus, I was just flicking through them, just thinking, this is this is great storytelling. Um, and th- this comes from someone who doesn't consider him, considering him, himself sort of one that's a, a, about older comics um, as such. Um, I'm definitely... Um, I don't know. I, I I read so many comics now. It's hard to know. My head's spinning. I don't quite know where I'm from. Um, but de- definitely anything from like the old Eagle or Battles. Um, they start Rebellion starting to do some nice collections now um, that you can get in, in bookshops. Things like Death Wish and Turbo Jones. Um, You're just going to complete your Stormforce thing and they'll release an omnibus. <laughs> oh, it's going to happen. Although I will say this because i'm i'm sort of scanning them i'm making my own collection not for anyone else this isn't for print i'm getting old issues scanning them putting them together to make like an epic little book um and looking at these the size of these books they'll never catch up with the collection that i've got dear god <laughs> it'll be epic 
Dear God. Uh, <laughs> and this is just the battle years. I haven't even started on Ingle. Woohoo, baby. Um, anyway, yeah, so I like Stormforce from the 80s. <laughs> See, that was but another it, one I'd forgotten all about until you mentioned it on the pod. I, I just fucking love Stormforce. And it's one of those ones that people, people probably think, oh, Stormforce, because it was brought in to, to fill when Action Force le- left the pages of battle. They brought in, you know, they just made up another team to replace it. Um, and but it just hit me at the right time when I was a kid. There's loads of great characters, you know. You got like a ninja character, you got a strong man, um, you got John Storm who's got like a cybernetic well, he's got a false arm that we can have a flamethrower machine gun or whatever. And uh, you read these comics, beauty of reading these comics is uh, yeah, they just killed people willy nilly. It was <laughs> brutal, absolutely brutal. But um, fantastic. Um, yeah, so if you see any Stormforce, have a read of that. Uh, I would say, in terms of like maybe some modern modern stuff, um, what are some of the big titles at the moment? Um, I mean, anything by Garth Ennis for The Punisher. That's definitely, they're, they're some very high standing books in, in, in my regard, those ones. Um, and things like uh, TKO comics, um, another Garth Ennis, but Garth Ennis seems to write some of my favourite books. I don't know, I, I don't consider. Well, I mean, he's one of my favourite writers, but I know there's some super Garth Ennis fans out there. Yeah, um, I don't consider myself to be one of them, but when Garth Ennis gets it right, he's untouchable in, in, in my eyes. When he's, you know, when he's put together with the right artist. Um, another one that I just can't get enough of. I, I briefly mentioned it is Outer Darkness. From Image, I'm, I'm, I pretty much recommend that on any show. I was on a Geek Syndicate recently, and that was the book I recommended. Um, shout out to Barry from Geek Syndicate, by the way. Awesome to be on that show. Um, yeah, Out of Darkness. So if you, if you like a uh, Star Trek mixed with Event Horizon and The Exorcist, then uh, that's exactly what you, <laughs> what you get in with that book. And that is that is amazing that series, as well as uh, it, okay, here's here's the overall overall one for me um if you no matter what comics you're reading um just try your hand at trying some european books um whether it be from like uh cinebook or from uh, europe comics who are doing a lot of digital translations um i, I discovered europe comics at the, the company purely from a, another comicsology browse just saw some beautiful art and if you get lost in that well, you will you're in a, a world of wonder and you will discover some of the finest um, created books that you'll read for some years. And and you realize that, you know, comics are not just yeah superheroes in tights, which is fantastic. But, um, you know, th- there's a world of like historical fiction, uh, comedy. Um, and this is. And these are from countries that seemingly take this medium that we love so much, they take it as seriously as as we would like everyone else to take it. Yeah, because it always amazes me when you step off a train into Paris, in the train station, in the window, there are comics. Yeah, it's an art form. It's it's not a biff, bam, pow, um, which is what we've kind of been saddled with by the yeah. mainstream media over here which is what it is you know what i mean it it still it means it's we're an still, easy in isn't it yeah and it, and it means we're still on the fringes so we don't have the 
you know, oh, you sold out. Do you know what I mean? We'll always <laughs> we'll always be the outsiders. Um, but definitely put, push beyond your your normal boundaries. And uh, European comics are, are just just the best. And another bit of advice: if you want to make a comic, just go and make a comic. It can be about anything. There's there's something out there for everyone. And it, even if it's just for you, which it should just be, you know, at the end of the day, it should just be for you. Yeah. Other people then read it. But um, if you've just made, if you make something which you enjoy and you and you're really proud of, then no one can touch you. It's, just, it's as simple as that. It, it's you know, that's why when when kids make comics, when I see little kids making comics in workshops or whatever, and they've got these little books and they're beaming with pride, I look at it and I just go, "That's the comic I want to read." It doesn't have to be. It doesn't have to be the most biggest and most complicated story. That's that's awesome, you know. That's that's, that's what we need. That's what we need more of. So. That's it. Just just making it is yeah the battle. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. You can you can refine your skills after that, but just yeah. getting over that hurdle. Yeah, yeah. As I've learned, you can make it, and then you can learn how to better it. Um, yeah, and with the sort, there's resources everywhere these days. So and certainly, I've we've only tapped a half a percent on our little show. Um, so I'm still finding out as, as well. So there's loads of different resources, and it, and just ask the community. You know, if you if you've got a comic creator you like, ask them something. Say you you know, tell them you like their work, and just ask them because the, the comic community is the most giving community the most generous and the funniest and the nicest group of people um, I, I've ever met. So, Definitely. yeah. Well, yeah. <laughs> wouldn't, wouldn't stick around otherwise, to be fair. Yeah, yeah, I wouldn't still be here. Jesus, talking for two hours to you. I know. How <laughs> <laughs> the mighty fall. <laughs> I know, I know. The beginning and the end. It is. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> no, this has been fun though, dude. Thank you. Yeah, um, no, much. cheers for coming on. I really enjoyed it. Yeah. I I no, I can tell you for a fact I have no idea what I just spoke about for two hours. No, nor do I. Just never listen back. Someone will tell you. Uh, oh God! Well, I look forward to that when this goes live. <laughs> awesome. Cheers, Vince. Cheers. And that was episode five. Uh, I'd like to thank Vince again for being on the show and talking comics with me. Um, I really enjoyed talking to him. I hope you guys enjoyed listening. Um, you can find Vince online on Twitter as at Jester Diablo. Uh, you can find the Awesome Comics Podcast at, at the Awesome Comics Pod on Twitter. Uh, you can find them on Podbean as awesomecomics.podbean.com. And you can also join the discussion by joining the Awesome Comics Talk group on Facebook. Um, with regard to uh, all his plugs and everything, we'll put those in the show notes, so check those out in there. And I'll also put links to where you can find Vince. Um, the Nerds Who Haunt Themselves, you can find us on Facebook at facebook.com forward slash haunted nerds. Uh, you can find me on Twitter as at Token Nerd. You can find all our past episodes on uh, OKTrueBelievers.com and you can find us on HauntedNerds.Podbean.com um, I've set up a new group on Facebook for comic-focused events. I used to run the Real Comic Conventions We Love page, left that, and um, I've set up another one. But this one, as I build the calendar, will include in-store sign-ins, live Q&As, all that sort of stuff as well. Um, you can find that on Facebook by searching Hey Kids Comic Focused Events UK. Um, for those who are interested, uh, hello to Jason Isaacs and Tales from Beyond Infinity number two are now available to read on the Comic House app if you've got that. And um, 
yeah, so if you go on there and check it out, if you enjoy it, leave a review, I guess. Maybe it helps other people read it, I don't know. Um, if you feel like it, I'm not your dad. Um, and then just beyond that, in case you missed it over on our Facebook page, I announced that the Nerds Who Haunted Themselves main podcast has now come to an end. Uh, Andy's gone off to do different things, so... I didn't want to carry on without him. What I will be doing, though, is some specials where I'll bring in a guest and we'll either talk to them about their career or, like we did with the Comic-Cons one, where I get a couple of people in and we'll talk about a specific topic. But the main Nerds Who Haunt Themselves podcast, as is, is done. Uh, I'd like to thank everybody who listened to it over the last five years. Uh, God bless you, you'd have got less for killing somebody, probably. Um... And yeah, I'd like to thank Andy for joining me on the crazy adventure. And uh, yeah, I really enjoyed it. Um, I shall be back next week, hopefully. Um, not got anything lined up yet. I've got a couple of things in the pipeline. I just need to confirm the date. So it's whether I get them done before Wednesday. Um, so there might not be anything next week. Or you might get an And Why Not. Or a Y Comics, like I say. I've got a couple of things I just need to confirm the dates on. And it's whether I can get them in before Wednesday. Um, so yeah, hopefully there'll be something next week if not, it'll be the week after with one of those um, yeah, thanks for listening as always, uh, you can follow us on Podbean you can find us on Facebook as I said uh, we're on iTunes and I believe Spotify as well um, if you like what you hear, leave us a review give us a share, help spread the word if you feel like it it's all awesome beans uh, we just thank you for listening And cheers and speak. Or you'll hear me next week hopefully but until then, this has been a Nerds Who Haunted Themselves production, and I've been Stuart Moraine. And until next time, uh, keep reading awesome comics, create some awesome things, and keep spreading the four-colour word. Cheers for listening. Bye.